Hello and welcome back to Narsol the Lonely Monster, Narsol or Narcissistic Escape Tools, in fact, net. Um, coming to you from a, a camper van near a place in England called Cheddar Gorge, basically out in nature. So if you do hear any background noises, it is a campsite. Um, so there's several tents around, people people enjoying themselves, relaxing in the not quite sunshine skies. Anyway, here we are, another episode. Um, another quick episode, in fact, which we're going to just quickly look at in a second. Um, how and if you can prove if someone is lying about being abused in their youth. It does come up a lot and a lot of people might be able to say, oh, I was abused when I was a child, um, but never really understanding what the abuse was, but using that as an excuse for their current, perhaps, nefarious behaviours. Anyway, that's going to be the episode. Quick disclaimer. Um, I'm not a shrink, psychologist, psychiatrist or counsellor, um, but maybe hope to be one day. And this whole this whole effort is uh, is to really give consideration towards eventually starting a non-profit, um, which will just be a financial assistance at first for people escaping those that would abuse um, for those less fortunate than ourselves who don't necessarily have the means to do so. So, yeah, disclaimer done episode title announced and uh, I say it's going to be a quick one uh, but they are going to be these days just quick few uh, quick sharp oh lost my train of thought because it's so naturific here anyway let's play a jingle um, and uh, and let's go oh yeah that was the other thing um, in the descriptor there's an email address so if you're listening to this and you fancy asking a question and you want it answered live um, why not drop me a line to that email address where, where I'll certainly give your give, give a response a good old go. Um, again, that's if I resonate with you, and if I don't, that's absolutely fine. Um, what I'd suggest is that just because one person doesn't resonate with you in your particular journey, doesn't mean you should give up. There's plenty more um, avenues to explore out there. Uh, take a look at Quora. Take a look at YouTube. Just Google how to overcome narcissistic abuse, um, and there'll be a plethora of answers from. Uh, like-minded and definitely far more intelligent people than I am. So, a quick jingle and then we'll answer the question. Okay, and so the question, how can you prove if someone is lying about being abused in their youth? How can you prove if someone is lying about being abused in their youth? Seemingly, the question does come up. And seemingly there's quite a lot of people following this question on Quora, which is why I thought, give it a whirl, give it an answer. And it's actually it's actually quite a difficult one to answer. So I've got to flip it around a minute. And the focus really is on you as the individual wanting to prove that someone is lying about being abused in their youth. And I'd say back to you, why? Why is it important to you that you prove or in fact disprove what the person is telling you? Now, there's every chance that they're using said abuse as a universal excuse to behave perhaps off kilter. Um, <clears throat> and is that affecting their life now or your life by their nefarious ways? And perhaps for them to admit the truth would, I don't know, somehow free them? Perhaps that's what your angle is. I mean, does it matter? If so, really ask yourself, why does it matter? Why does it matter to you? Now, as you probably well know, I do like to simplify things or make them worse. Depends where this lands, but... For some reason, be it actual abuse or made-up abuse, this person think, thinks that they have to um, state it as such to somehow enable their current lifestyle. 
maybe I'm reading too much into the context, but that would seem where this is coming from. Why would you ask otherwise? Um, and both reasons, both causations will have clearly obvious and perhaps not so obvious underlying causation. Now, the obvious causation is that they were in fact abused and their behaviour now is because of that abuse, whether hidden or obvious. Well, then they've got an excuse for the behaviour, don't they? Because they were abused and they haven't got a handle or a grip on it. So the obvious abuses then of a physical nature are, are rather descriptive by their very actions, aren't they? So a person could turn around and say, well, I was abused, I was physically abused by my father or my mother when I was a child. And then the other flip side of that, which is the reason we're here, is that the abuse of a narcissist or complete emotional abuse without the accompanied physical elements are far harder to comprehend, let alone reconcile in one's own mind. And, and really, it's then very difficult to explain it outwardly. Not forgetting that narcissistic abuse is the hardest thing to explain from the inside of your emotional turmoil and psyche outwards. And it's even harder, really, for people to see it from the outside in. Yeah, so... Um, so if someone was abused in such a way as a child, but has grown beyond the odds, perhaps a soul and some empathy, um, they would probably likely be confused as to what that childhood abuse entailed. They could conceivably only know, perhaps intuitively, that it was bad. Ergo, abuse which a lay ear may well hear and jump to a conclusion that the abuse was physical in nature, because of who the person stating it is as such now, and paradoxically because their behaviour is the actual confusing sign here. I mean, that is just one avenue of inquisitive thought as to why they could be making it all up. It happened, yes, but not entirely as one would immediately imagine. And the point is that either way, there is underlying causation, be it real or not real. And for some reason, this person is saying it. And for some reason, your only consideration is, can you prove that they are lying? Well, you know, my suggestion would be in all instances, is if you have the energy and really if you want to, you can decide what to do based on your own moral objectivity and your own moral compass. I.e., if what they're saying and how they act bothers you against the excuse of abuse, then choose a different path away from them. Set some boundaries and exit stage left again if that suits your dynamic with this person. Or go on the journey of discovery of lies and truth and, and then what? If it's true, do you commit and help this person or at least be more understanding of why they are or who they be or... If it's a lie, do you ponder why that is and help them anyway? You should find your own cause for why you want to know and simply enact the action as if you did know. So don't know, but act as if you did. And then you're acting in your highest um, son and bonum, you know, the greater good. And so I say it's a quickie, but the final pointy point is that for some reason, rhyme and their own logic, the person there is sharing their truth or part truth or or even just making it all up but the underlying causation of either version is that they weigh well may, may very well have serious mental health issues or you know a personality disorder bringing the overall question right back to your own feet how much do you value the connection with this person how much do they value you does the overall question really matter if their behavior and actions have driven you to consider it all a lie and where is your own moral compass at and there we go. That's that. Um, how can you prove if someone is lying about being abused in their youth? Long way around to say you can't, but use your own moral compass to help the person or uh, exit stage left, depending on depending on what nefarious things are coming out of their of their lies or their truth, as it were. Okay, let's do one more.
And so, 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 so. Here's a question that's come up a few times and I sort of try to give it my just desserts, if you like. So someone, many, in fact, people have asked or have expunged why they didn't enjoy the first sexual experience after narcissistic abuse. Or rather, I didn't enjoy my first sexual experience after narc abuse. Why is this? Well, I would say 100% it's, uh, it's a direct symptom of the trauma bond. And really all I can add to that is that it's simply your body telling you that perhaps you're just not ready. So what to do then really is to perhaps take your time, grow a bond between you and your new bow and uh, ease into it, so to speak, emotionally and cerebrally. So the wham-bam thank you ma'am and excitable sexy means and ways uh, are in Narsol's arsenal, but as good as it was in the moment, uh, it genuinely wasn't about you. I mean, it just wasn't. It was all about their gratification only, which with with the added bonus that it often looks and very much feels like good sex, which I'm sorry to say this, and no matter what side of the fence you're on, I, I just don't see it as good sex. It just isn't. Yes, it's technically great, but really it's it's ever so emotionally shallow. And that is what was missing before and why a trauma bond is, or one of the reasons why a trauma bond is now apparent, because you're always searching for that emotional connection because you're an emotional, empathy-laden, perhaps codependent being. Uh, it's an odd thing, really, that actually we don't we don't really know that this, all this is happening, but somehow our souls, minds and bodies uh, maybe recognise the lack of emotional connection when boinking with a narcissist. It needs some work, clearly. Now, just an observation, um, because there was context in the original question that the person just carried on. So I would ask back, why did you not just, just stop, install a boundary and a healthy, you know, oh, I can't do this just yet, I'm not ready. Um, so clearly, really, everything about the situation that should be apparent to make it go well and off with a bang was perhaps missing. So maybe there was no emotional connection or there was an emotional connection, but that was overridden by fear-based trauma bond um, with regards to the new squeeze. And as indicated by all you could think of was the narcissist and biologically your body was telling you a huge hell no, sister. This is it's quite a rhetorical thing to add. And I'm only again trying to zone you in on, on what could be an apparent trauma bond and really what it is to be codependent. And the codependent side of that, the whole question framing is that whilst you <clears throat> own the fact that you didn't enjoy your first sexual encounter following abuse, you still saw it through to the gratification of the individual whilst you got nothing from it, you didn't enjoy it whatsoever. So, I mean, you could have just stopped. So, question for yourself, really, um, is that the, there was a lot of honesty in the question. So, really, be honest again with um, yourself. So if you didn't get excited, and this is this is my own thought process now, if you didn't get excited during said sexual encounter, um, why on earth were you naked having and this is as you as the question make as the question that the original OP put this. So um, they said they were they were dry as fudge in their nether regions and felt like being sanded down. I mean it's it's kind of the same question as above, but really focus in on here we've i think we've all been there where we've had a sexual relationship or a relationship after narcissistic abuse with what would be probably a normal person but all those fear-based um, emotions from the abuse the trauma bond will come rushing back absolutely so 
the person that asked the question stated everything quite correctly that um, there were probably reasons for not having a, sex, a decent sexual experience could be biology, emotions and a trauma bond but that person still did have sex with someone, right? So the question therefore is very much one of well, why? Why go through all that just to end up on a public forum asking the question about it? Well, one of the things you've got to consider and really consider if you're listening to this is that you've got to take a look at what codependency is. Now, you can all say, oh, the narc targets me because I'm full of love. Well, yeah, you are. You're an emotional, empathy-filled being, but you're also, because you're attracted, or rather because a narcissist is ever so attracted to you, you're also very, very codependent, very giving, a yes person. And really, among the core characteristics of codependency is ultimately the excessive reliance on other people around you for your approval and for your sense of identity and within that construct it's kind of it's kind of really a different side to the same coin as the narcissist and i'm not saying the person with codependent is narcissistic what i'm saying is somebody with codependency has narcissistic traits um, or the codependency if severe enough does present as narcissism and really as i said it's like is why narcissists are attracted to us in the first place. Because, really, this is the truth. Because the narcissist construct is one of general apathy, the codependence is built from empathy or people-pleasing. So never saying no and then letting a man shag us when we absolutely know we're not even remotely ready. Or, you know, if this particular liaison wasn't with a boyfriend per se or was otherwise a quick fling and all of the above was present as described... What does that possibly make the bloke you got busy with, if you are, codependent? Do you think he showed empathy? Assuming he finished the job. Do you think he picked up on the telltale signs that you were not in the moment? I'd guess not, because you said the sexual encounter was finished with. And really, that, that, that whole aspect there makes him grossly narcissistic, which, given the whole picture, he could well be. So really, the answer to that question of uh, someone that didn't enjoy their first sexual experience after narcissistic abuse. Um, and to give you more context there, the original question was, this is extremely embarrassing, but I had my first sexual experience after my last relationship, narc abuse, after three months. And all I could think of was my narc. I didn't get excited. I didn't feel anything and was dry as fudge. Why? Smiley face, sad face. <laughs> well, there you go. Really, uh, the whole ideation behind that is, um, some more inner self-work. There's no rush. Why is there a rush for people to rush, run out and get sexual gratification? Granted, it's cool having sex, but it, that wanton burgeoning need um, can... And unless, you you know, if you know exactly what you're doing, you're just out for a good time, or one night, you know, get some liberation under your, under your skin before you settle down after a narcissistic abusive relationship, fine, that's great. But really, there is no rush. Perhaps you should just sit for a moment and maybe think about it. Take your time. Heal some first. Um, consider meditation instead of running out to get laid. And perhaps some expensive sex aids to, you know, really do you for a bit. And gather your strength. And definitely try to learn how to spot a narcissist during dating or being chatted up at a bar. Um, and just just so you know, the person that answered, asked the question, many people commented on it. Um, people saying you know it resonates they were the same they were scared stiff couldn't get aroused for weeks after even alone um and on it goes so 
there we go it's, it's quite a common thing it really really is though to do very much with that uh, that evil beast that is the trauma bond and my only advice there is if you are healing from narcissistic abuse or perceived narcissistic abuse and you want to go out and get some muck loving um don't until you're entirely ready hope that helps i'm gonna play a jingle and then we're out of here